0: My guest today is Lori Hibma. She is no stranger when it comes to creating something from nothing and turned a one-woman operation into running a successful digital marketing agency. We talk about how to think differently, think out of the box, what it means to be a successful entrepreneur, and the number one trait that you need in order to have a sustainable business. I love her philosophy of living out fully and having no regrets. I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Lori, it is so nice to have you on the Women Developing Brilliant show. Welcome. Thank you so
1: much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you here. I'm really curious to hear a little bit about your origin story and what brought you from you know, where you were to all the way to having a successful digital marketing agency.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, you know a couple things and I can just outline real quick for you is I've always had a little bit of a, a bend towards um, being my own boss and wanting to do my own thing. I've done I had a um photography business prior to the mark before the marketing agencies for about 12 years. Um mm. this was, you know, back in the day of film <laughs> where you yeah. actually had to develop it. Um so I had that going. I have always had some kind of sales. So I was affiliated with some um direct sales companies while my kids were little. It was something I could do in the evenings, things like that. So that was fun and it um, tied into very closely to my photography business. And I spoke at multiple different conferences in regards to um, photography and teaching photography. So that was always fun, speaking in front of people. Although I will say the very first time I spoke in front of somebody, the very first group I ever spoke in front of was 600 people, which was- Wow,
0: that's amazing. Like dive right in.
1: Yeah, it was terrifying actually. (laughs) And I can honestly tell you now, I remember getting off the stage and thinking, I have no idea what I just said.
0: (laughs) You must have been in the zone. I love that. What was the initial thing that drew you to being your own boss?
1: You know, um, originally, it was wanting to spend more time um, with my kids. So when my, I have four kids, um, three sons and a daughter, and when my sons were little, I always did something on the side. Sometimes my husband and I worked opposite shifts. I was involved in corporate America. Um, He and I always had to, you know, do that balancing act. And then we adopted our daughter from Haiti and I wanted to be home more with her. So when she was about three years old, that's when I was like, okay, um, I'd been doing the photography business on the side. I'd been working in corporate America again. And I was like, you know, I just really wanted to be on my own and about two years after that when she was about five years old I just took the plunge and really went down that road and it's been amazing ever since but I just I did it because I wanted to spend more time with her and like I said I've always had a natural bent to being my own boss I, I don't like other people telling me what to do yeah definitely which well and it's kind of funny because if you have clients you' you don't just have one boss you have every client you have as your boss. So
0: (laughs) that's a really good way to look at it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I got started.
0: Wow. Cool. I love it. I love that aspect. And I mean, obviously being a mama of four, uh, you have resilience and creativity and like, you know, management skills. So those all were a great foundation. What do you think was the number one emotional quality that you needed to really dive into entrepreneurship? Um, well, I think it's, it was the same. It still
1: is the same. And that is just, um, uh, the determination, the, the, you, you have to be determined not to give up because everything that you can possibly get thrown at you that would make you feel like giving up is going to happen. Um, yeah. so you just have to be resilient. You know, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes, you know, um, yeah, I, yeah, definitely.
0: You have to definitely. Be,
1: that's the number one thing. I mean, anybody who really wants to do this, they better be ready and willing to do whatever it takes, whenever it takes time to do that. It's it's just going to be required.
0: For sure, and how do you balance out kind of work and life, and especially now where many of us are working from our home? Maybe we hadn't before; we had an external office, and and we were talking off uh, camera before, where it's a little bit of a juggling act because you're balancing with other people in the home, whether they're schooling or Zooming or whatever they're doing. How do you kind of combine that determination, mm. do whatever it takes to succeed, and having that work life balance?
1: And, well, definitely, the, everybody working from home right now is most definitely uh, throwing a little bit of a challenge. We do have our offices in Zeeland, Michigan, but I live in Colorado. So um, I have almost through my entire career with um, building my marketing agencies, I have had some kind of work from home. Sometimes I was in the office every day. But there was always an, a home office. And now with everybody working from home, my sister, my, my, I'm sorry, my, not my sister, my daughter doing school from home, it's, um, it is a challenge because you're, you know, you've, you've all got to have a quiet space. You all have to have enough time and, and uh, bandwidth, <laughs> as we already yes. discovered, um, bandwidth to you know, have all of those Zoom calls. And nothing is better than when everybody in the house has to be on one. That's always been <laughs> so fun. Um, you know, how do I balance that? It, again, it's, it's, you do whatever it takes, right? So my daughter and I, even last night, I was like, okay, so you need the office at this time and I need the office at this time. And, and so we were kind of going back and forth of what that looked like. And she actually was able to give me the office today, which was nice, right, as we were talking because she was originally going to need it and then it changed and she didn't. So that worked out really well. Um, It was good. So
0: just being flexible.
1: Yeah. You know, determination, flexibility. And I think you have to be that way anyway, as a business owner, right? Because if you get too stuck in your ways, um, it's not going to work. You have to be ready to change.
0: You do. And this year, especially, was, I think, the year of the global pivot. And in that, what do you think you would share if you had one tip on how to have that fluidity, communication, and ability to pivot? Um,
1: my, I, I guess the one thing I would say is be willing to think differently. Um, when you have to make changes, you're not always given right? We weren't given a heads up. We weren't told, oh, hey, in six months, this pandemic's gonna hit and you better have a different plan. You, we literally, I think most of us, it hit very suddenly, maybe had a three or four day notice as far as going from um, being able to do work as you had planned doing it to all of a sudden everybody's work from home. So for in our case, we had almost 30 people that we had to figure out how to make sure they could work from home. And I wasn't, I wasn't given a heads up. Right. I it's not like we were like, oh yeah, let's just figure that out. Um, And we had to do so relatively quickly. Luckily as digital marketing agency, um, we had the ability to just say, okay, take your computers home and we will figure this out as we go. And everybody was fine to do that. Everybody had, you know, the equipment they needed to do the job. And then of course we had to figure out, you know, okay, let's, what does it look like to have team meetings you know, through Zoom or through Teams or, you know, so you, I think the, the big thing is, is just be willing to keep an open mind because change is going to happen, whether you're ready for it or not. And
0: absolutely. And you're no stranger to helping mentoring and coaching people who have experienced life challenges. And Mm -hmm. from, I would love to hear more about how you have helped them overcome barriers, and really walk towards self-sufficiency and stability?
1: Yeah, so I've been a part of quite a few different um, nonprofit groups that help people who are either underemployed or unemployed. In some cases, if they're underemployed, some of them, you know, PhDs, master's degrees, but they weren't working in their field or they weren't working in the job that they wanted to be in. Um, some of them were unemployed, some of them had come from generations of being part of the um, Medicaid and uh, system support, and some of them came from generations where people, generation after generation, had time in our legal systems, um, prisons. So just really helping them find their footing and find a way to be self-sufficient. I think nothing is more gratifying to a person when they can see what they accomplished for themselves or for their family out of their own determination and will. I think that it's really important that people have the ability to do that, but they, they need help to do that, right? Some, if you've been part of the um, support system that our government has both federally and statewide, your entire life or, and your, and that's what you witnessed as pre from previous generations, it's really not easy to break that chain, right? It's not, it's It's a way of life. It's a way of life. And it's really hard to walk away from that or figure out how to do it differently. Um, but it's not, it's not because they don't want to, it's because it, they just don't literally don't know how.
0: They don't, know it. they don't know a different way or they haven't been shown a different way by their mentors and family. That makes so much sense. Now with unemployment being at an all-time like high and you're probably seeing and mentoring people that are fresh to the system, what is your approach with that group of people? Um, first of all, the, the first thing you have to do
1: is help them see hope because right now there's so... Especially, I mean, if you're unemployed, if you're struggling to pay your bills, if you're not sure, you know, if you're going to have a place to live, um, now that the um, the laws have, have shifted again and people can be evicted, um, it, it's different. And this really, this last change really hit those that are struggling really hard. I mean, just it did really, really has devastated them in so many ways, because now they're competing with people that have, in some cases, uh, a bigger skill set, right? So mm-hmm. finding jobs for people who are struggling to get out of the system is has become even more challenging, because now you have so many people who have educations and, and, and advanced skill sets that are also looking for jobs. And so and employers, you know, it used to be six months ago, it, it was tough to find employees, period. And now it's, you know employers really can pick and choose it's an employer's definitely market.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I hear you on that. And on the the side of hope and instilling hope and bringing that inspiration and that kind of shot in the arm that so many people are, are almost desperate for, um, what hope can you offer the listeners if someone is in that situation or even underemployed? I know some people, most of our listeners are Entrepreneurs, they're doing their thing, but they actually probably in some cases have seen a drop in their client roster, or possibly they have a side hustle. And Mm -hmm. so some of their hours have been cut, you know, with something that was like, wait, at least that covered the nut as I grew my business. So, how can you offer that group and our listeners some hope in that arena?
1: Yeah. So, for people who are entrepreneurs, um, right now, the most critical thing they can do, and and to really be hopeful, is to look for a way to expand their revenue stream. Right. So, think outside the box. So, for instance, if if you are a if you have products or services that are very limited in and you're finding that that's been hard because those clients left, then what? can you do to support those services that can still make you money, right? So for instance, our marketing, we're a digital marketing agency. Well, now with um, the current atmosphere, obviously, we're just like every other company. We had clients who left and um, because they could no longer, (laughs) they couldn't afford their marketing anymore. And some of them shut down, right? So I mean, we, we all felt it. But one of the things that we did is as a marketing agency, we looked at it and we said, okay, so what can we do to support our clients, but also support our business and bring in additional revenue streams? And so we are developing, we're currently in the process of developing a training program so that companies, rather than going to a marketing agency, they can hire a training company to train somebody in-house to do their marketing. Nice. Right? So so you have to look for entrepreneurs, I would say, look for things that will support your current business model but will also generate additional revenue. Um and think outside the box. I mean think wildly outside the box. It's really crazy yes. to to say that cuz some people are like oh but it's you you know I'm trying to be a little more conservative. I'm not saying spend wildly. I'm saying think wildly outside the box.
0: Yes, I love that. And I love, love, love the the world wildly because I think so many people are afraid to take a chance to be that thought leader and to, to the, the risk doesn't, like you said, have to be a financial risk. It could literally just be a risk to be the first You know, and we're always looking at modeling someone else before us. And especially in the online space, we're looking at an expert that's walked before us, that's seen success. And now it's different because I think everyone's trying to find their footing. And you very well may be the creative mind that comes up with the perfect solution for your business. So I love that. I'm not surprised that you have creativity as a big part of your fabric being that you were 12 years in photography, which I Mm -hmm. feel is a very artistic, creative field. So I think it's really cool that you are like almost taking that lens and skill set and overlaying it over here in the marketing agency. So I love that. I love when people can combine their past into their present and just Yeah, make it work. And that's where you're getting some of the most creativity coming out when you have that combination. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high-vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you? Well, there is, my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe, women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious light workers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. So uh, Lori, you talked about supporting your business and a way to instill hope is to expand your revenue streams as entrepreneurs. The one example you gave was developing maybe a training program. I'm a big advocate of online course creation. So I've always been somebody that has advocated diversifying your offerings, coming up with a passive income stream. So I'm right there with you on that. What would be two other tips, one or two other tips that you would recommend for a way that our listeners can expand their revenue stream now?
1: And, you know, so... Obviously, you have to be willing to look at the current situation. So, so paying very close attention, depending on the market you're in, whether it's services or products. Knowing though that very likely the next six months we're going to see a lot of um, states again shut down and and go to a work from home situation again, or they're going to re- there's going to be restrictions in public again as we hit cold and flu season. So you know, I well, actually, when this airs, it will be in the middle of cold and flu season. So um, mm-hmm. I would say that that is, you know, absolutely start thinking about not just how do you hit those people where they're at right now. So if, if you're looking at 2021, it's time to start looking at 2021. Actually, it's time to start. It was start time to start looking at 2021, six months ago, but um, start looking at 2021 and say, okay, how, what do I do that I don't want need to do anymore, right? So tip number one, get rid of all the junk on your plate. Um, and focus- That's huge. Yep, and f- number two, focus in on what you need to do to survive assuming that our culture in 2021 is going to be more of what we experienced March, April, and May of 2020. Assume that that's going to be what you have to appeal to, because even if we ever went back to life as we knew it before March of 2020, um, there's going to be a remnant from this. There's going to there's going to be something left where businesses are going to be looking at things a lot differently. I have a lot of friends in business and they, like us, took their employees home and they're all remote working now. And many of them are saying, yeah, we're not going to go back to the office when our lease is up We're Canceling, we're we're going to let yes. everybody go home. So it's 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 going to look different. It's never going to go back to February 2020. It's never going to look like that again. So, one, prepare for that, and two, you've got to get the junk off your plate so that
0: you have time to prepare for that. I really love that. And in the vein of being proactive and really preparing yourself for what those first quarter, that first quarter is going to look like in 2021. One of the thoughts that came up in, I would love your wisdom on it, is the difference between survival mode and scarcity mindset.
1: Yeah. So first of all, I never believe in survival. I, I need to live, not survive. <laughs> there, to me, those nice. are so, you know, I'm like, I, I don't want to just survive. I want to live. And that doesn't mean that you live living that way. And I want to clarify that so that people understand. That doesn't mean that you have this huge bank account. That's not what we're talking about here. Living means living so that you are content and satisfied and you have a purpose um, that you feel fulfilled. It doesn't mean it's always nice when the bank account follows that, right? I mean, because money is a tool. It's not an, it's not a means, it's a means to an end. It's not what you live for. You don't live for money. You use money to live. So Mm -hmm. It's always nice when there's money in the bank, but that doesn't mean that you can't, if the bank account's looking a little low, it doesn't mean you can't live very, very well. You just yes. have to, you have to determine what is that going to look like for, for you and your family and your friends. Determine that in advance. You know, if we, it, it's one of the things that I lived through is when we adopted our daughter down in Haiti, um, I went down there and I was there for six months or I'm sorry, for six weeks. And then I I got terribly, terribly ill and had to come back and then had to go back down to Haiti again. But while I was there for six weeks, uh, Port-au-Prince had a coup happen, right? So they were under a coup and I'm there as an American. I'm in a hotel with my infant daughter. And one of the things that became very crystal clear to me was I had money to go out and buy fresh water. But the Mm. problem is there was no fresh water. Wow. So, Money is not what makes you survive. Money is a survival tool, but it is not what makes you survive. And so, you know, for anybody who's struggling with the idea of survival versus scarcity, what I want you to think about is if you have no money, can you wake up and smile tomorrow? Can you wake up and be happy tomorrow? Can you find, can you look around and find things to be appreciative of. Or are you going to just sit and wallow in that mindset of I'm broke? Because that, yes. is, that is more dangerous than anything, any pandemic in the world. I
0: oh, Absolutely. 100%. Wow, that's an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I'm, I'm really curious, Lori, what legacy do you want to leave for your four kids and your community and your tribe?
1: Um, You know, the one thing I've always said, and I think it's been because of just so many of the different challenges we have faced is, you know, I always, I tell my kids, I'm like, when I die, I want you to be able to stand up in front of everybody and say, my mom taught me how to live. Hmm. That's That's what I want. I want them to just say, my mom taught me how to live. She didn't take anything for granted. She didn't waste her time. She didn't, she didn't fall into drama. She taught us how to live and live fully. And and everybody has to define what living fully means to them. But I just, I don't ever want my kids to sit that back and think, well, if mom had only done this or if mom had only done that, or, you know, any of that, I want them to be able to say, oh my gosh, mom did everything she could. And Mm. she taught us how to do everything we can for our community, for our family, for our friends.
0: That's In beautiful. General.
1: So that that's what I want my kids. I want my kids to just I want people who knew me to say, "You know what? She knew how to live and she lived well." Yeah.
0: That's beautiful. And I really like that just it's reminding me of the other tip that you gave, which is like get the junk off of your plate, because there's a lot of ways that we can be leaking energy. And, um, you know, there's like gaps that can be filled that really have nothing to do with money and have nothing to do with um. Other things that can drain us. And so it just, it reminds me of this live fully theme that I'm hearing from you where it's like, you can go and examine, you know, what's worthwhile for you and do you get joy from it? Are you getting juiced up from where you're putting your time, energy, love, and finances and do a little mini audit? Like, I I really like that you talked about that is like clearing the junk from your plate. And it may be mental junk, it may be physical, you know, like there's lots of different arenas that it can come into. Um, So what makes you a different leader from other business owners? Um, The
1: people who work for me, I really feel as far as a a leader to my team, so there's different types of leadership, but a leader to my team, I, I know each and every one of them. You know, I, I know their spouse's name. I know their children's names. I know where they live. Um, I care about them on a personal level. And there's a risk that comes with that. Obviously, there's a vulnerability that you have to have. And my team has seen me be extremely vulnerable. Oh, my gosh. They, they know that I am, um, what you see is what you get. It's, it's <laughs> I'm not, there's no pretense there. And, um, being vulnerable, I think as a leader is really critical, um, because it shows that you, that you understand where people are at. You can't, if you're not going to show vulnerability, then you're just a boss. You're not a leader. You're just a boss.
0: What do you think keeps people held back from truly being vulnerable, like behind a mask because they think they, quote unquote, need to be or should be a certain way? Um, I think there's a
1: level of embarrassment, right? People are afraid to be embarrassed over their failures. I think that's a huge part of it is our society, especially for people in business, we've been told that you only show the best that you only show what works. You know, um, we hear stories about people who failed so many hundreds of times before they succeeded, right? But we never really apply that to ourselves.
0: That's very true. And many times you only hear about those stories after they become a success where people would be interested enough to hear that they tried and failed X number of times before they, you know, hit it big, reach their goal. And I do think that it's, it's so important to be transparent and to have a little space before you share if it's still in that very like raw and real, you know, phase. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I
1: agree. I mean, there, obviously there are sometimes you just don't pull the curtain back, right? I mean, that's, that's what it really boils <laughs> <is. Yeah. laughs> There are times you just don't pull the curtain back. Um, but I do believe that if you want to be a leader, the people that you are leading is, are the ones that need to see your vulnerability. Um, they need to know that they, that you're trustworthy, that you understand where they're coming from because life is messy, right? I mean, it is just messy. And, um, I just really believe that in order to make sure people feel like they can trust you, they need to know that you understand where they're coming from. I mean, trust is the biggest part of that.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. So I know you recently started your own podcast called Before Happy Hour, which is a great name. And I'm wondering what your um, most favorite thing about being a host is. Oh wow. Um getting to know new people. I have been
1: introduced to so many new people that in my lifetime I never would have thought I would have talked with. Um and I love hearing their goofy lives. I mean, <laughs> the only way I can put it is you know, everybody is it, it was so funny. So we we always had a little saying around the office of um I don't have a bunch of geeks that work with me, but I do have a bunch of quirky people, right? So everybody's yeah. a little everybody's a little quirky. And I love hearing quirky. I love hearing about it because those are the people who are the spice of life, right? And so meeting all these new people and hearing their stories and and connecting with them, you know, over different things. I was on a, a podcast with a gentleman and we found out that we both um, we're familiar with the same areas in Haiti through our conversations. And it was just, you know, the world is kind of a small place. And so connecting with people like that and finding them, it was so fun. It's just, it's a great way to experience, um, networking. It's a great way to experience, uh, what do you want to say living precariously through other people?
0: (laughs) Um, yeah, it is. And I think now, especially, the podcast world is really on the rise and i think it's because of that craving for connection and it's a very uh, intimate medium you know you really literally have like you know earbuds when you're listening or when you're in the interviewing process like the person's literally in your head and so yeah i i love that as well about being a host what do you like about being a guest
1: um actually, I find being a guest very challenging. I find being a guest way more challenging than being a host. Um, I don't know if that's the control freak in me coming out. Um, might be.
0: I get it. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I get it.
1: <laughs> you know, um, but being a guest is, I, 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 it's most challenging to me because first of all, obviously I want to do a good job for my hosts. But in addition to that, just really trying to make sure that it's a quality show, right? And that I'm genuine and I, I, I hate it when it's rehearsed. I hate it when I have to worry about what I can and or cannot say. Um, so I love it when it's very conversational, like what we're doing today. I think that's great. I think it's, I think it's real world. I think it's genuine Um, I think that's love
0: that they love to be a fly on the wall and, and, you know, I don't edit any of my podcasts and it's really, so it can be authentic. Like you are just sitting here hanging out in the cafe with us. And those are some of the juiciest conversations. And to your point about vulnerability, I, I, that is the point where it's just like, we are stronger together and there isn't a perfectionism going on. This is literally like real life. Like you said, life can get messy, but when we talk about it and we shine a light on it, it's like, oh, I'm not alone. Like that person struggled and they made it. That person like kind of rose from the ashes of whatever trauma happened in their life and they're okay. And a lot of times they're more than okay. They're like living the life of their dreams and living fully out, um, as you mentioned, to whatever that definition holds in their heart.
1: Right. And I, I agree with that hundred percent. It's, it's- what do they say? The rise of the Phoenix from the ashes, right? I mean, that's, yes. that's what life is kind of about is always
0: rising above the ashes. So yeah, yeah. for sure. And other than your training program, um, what do you have exciting on the docket for 2021? Well, we're, we're looking at, oh my goodness. Um, so it's it's kind of fun.
1: So I recently sold my agencies, my digital agencies. I still work in them. I'm the chief marketing officer in them. So it's been a lot of fun for me to be able to just really dig in back into that and not be spread so thin. Um, And by selling the companies, it's allowed me to look at, for instance, the the podcasting show and our, our happy hour show. And it's also allowed me to look at the training program. But then it's also given me the opportunity to look at other business opportunities that are out there and get involved in those either as a primary or even just in a mentoring role. Um, Ooh, nice. So that has, that has been a lot of fun, just kind of showing up um, for people who maybe are trying to get started. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. um, that's awesome. Just showing that's up awesome. and being able to be a part of it. I think that's the, one of the most exciting things I can do right now.
0: And sharing your wisdom and helping, helping those startups, um, really, kind of see the beginning, middle, and end of your successful journey and where you're continuing to take yourself and rise. How can people learn more about you?
1: You know, the best thing to do is to reach out to us through our, our podcast show. So if it's just podcast at before happy hour and it's the letter B, the number four happyhour.com. Um, com. Cool. if they email that or they go to uh, before happy the website, they can. There's a contact form. There's a couple of different ways to get a hold of us, but emailing or that, or reaching out to me through LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I love hearing from people who have heard us, um, whether I was a guest or a host. I love hearing from them. And LinkedIn, it's a great way to communicate. And um, you know, if they want to speak to me or talk with me, it's a great way to go is through is through LinkedIn. That's probably one of the best ways. I pay very close attention to my LinkedIn account.
0: Oh, that's good. That's awesome. I love that. So you've given us some wonderful tips and I appreciate you sharing all your experience and wisdom, Lori. But if you wanted to leave some bright, light, final words, what would they be for our listeners today?
1: I would say, remember, there's a saying from um, the Winnie the Pooh show, always remember you are braver than you believe stronger than you seem and smarter than you think. And of course, you're always loved more than you know.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I think we all need a giant bumper sticker of those sentiments because they're really sweet. They're really, really sweet.
1: That's and if people awesome. really break that down, it's true. They just have to believe yeah.
0: Yeah. You just have to believe. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today until our paths cross again, my friend, breathe joy. Yes, you too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.